0: Inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us just show up and get to work. If you wait around for the clouds to part and a bolt of lightning to strike in the brain, you're not going to make an awful lot of work. All the best ideas come out of process. They come out of the work itself. That's artist Chuck Close. Now, a random story. Chuck suffers from prosopagnosia. It's face blindness, which, you know, you may have heard of. He sees the faces, but they don't register as faces. It's a kind of mental glitch. It forces him to see things differently, leading him to, you know, ultimately become one of the most America's famous living painters. Ironically, or amusingly, or appropriately, he paints faces. He should also serve as a kind of inspiration to the weird kind of work we do. Most beginning artists stare blankly at an empty canvas. The only way to move forward is to move. So when the going gets rough, or when it gets really strange, what we're going to talk about today are a bunch of good ideas just to get you moving, even when you just don't know what to do. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode when we get back. Hey, everybody, James Ellis here. Welcome to the Talents Cast. It's season two, so, it's the podcastification of the audiobook-tastical updatarama version of the book Talent Chooses You. These are all words I've checked with professionals. It's brought to you by RecruitmentMarketing.com, the community for recruitment marketing professionals. Go over, sign in, log in, go look at all the great content they have. Among the wonderful pieces of content is they do a bunch of ask me anythings they scheduled live. So why don't you go sign up for one of those? But they brought this entire season to you. So thanks to RecruitmentMarketing.com. So, oh, and uh, don't forget, I got a newsletter. So go ahead and sign up for EmployerBrandHeadlines.substack.com. Why? Well, I'm trying to create a million employer brand thinkers. And that means giving good information away. That means pointing to good articles and, uh, you know, pointing to good thinking and what new, you know, I don't know, everything. I'm pointing to stuff and writing stuff down, just sharing it for you. It is 100% free. It lands in your inbox every single Monday. Go sign up. It's employerbrandheadlines.substack.com or just go to employerbrand.news. All right, let's get into it. So we're going to talk about good ideas. Wow, I feel like the last episode was all the different ways this is going to fall apart on you and all the things to—the big old big old minefields to avoid. Well, we're taking a 180 here. We're going to talk about good ideas to get you going. Trust me, there are plenty of days when you're just going to walk into work going, uh, I don't know what to do. I mean, there's all good things you could do, and maybe it feels like you're doing the same stuff over and over again. So use this as just a— I don't know a kickstart for doing some something new, something something interesting, something uh, something that kind of moves you in the right direction. So the first section I'm referring to is guerrilla marketing. Now. Go read any of the guerrilla marketing books by J. Conrad Levinson. They are, (laughs) I don't think I'm misstating it. They are foundational. Much like employer branding, guerrilla marketing is is more of a mindset that says effective marketing isn't about marketing budgets or promotion and placement, but really about the intersection of the right message to the right person at the right time, which should sound really familiar by now. My favorite guerrilla marketing tactic is to leverage whiteboards at an office, right? The assumption is that anything written on one is something that some person wrote on purpose. Not that it's a marketing message. It doesn't feel like a commercial. So if you start writing, I don't know, motivational quotes or the hashtag on random whiteboards, it's going to feel like an organic expression of an idea. Like there's a groundswell happening all around you. It'll feel like people are just writing it on their own instead of something written with, I don't know, some sort of nefarious intention, right, giving it a greater impact. By the way, if you write something in the corner of a whiteboard and then draw a little box, two lines to indicate that this is a separate box, it may be weeks before anyone erases this. Just saying. Also, when you go to an industry event, when you know the can- where the candidates are going to be, don't do what everyone else does, you know, spend a big pile of cash on a booth that nobody's going to remember a week later. Instead, find other ways to push your messaging out. Try and own the back channel or the hashtag. Engage people directly on social or walk up to them and talk to them. Ask them questions to get them talking or to spark you know, curiosity. In fact, you don't even have to be at the event to make a, you know, all this work. Or if the company's sending a bunch of staff to this event, save the money, save your booth money, your swag money, and instead tell all the people you're sending that the cost of the ticket and all the travel expenses is paid for when they have to make three friends at at this conference, right? These are complete strangers that they have to connect with on LinkedIn or Facebook and engage with directly. That is people they sit next to, someone whose talk was really interesting, they just walk up to, whatever it is. Just Go make friends, and then those staff can talk about the company directly. You can take all your swag money and use it to buy all these new friends non-branded gifts, like books. I'm a big fan of books. What can I say? They'll love that. You know, you're not, hey, here's a pen with my name on it. It's more of a, hey, thought you might be interested in this really interesting book we know about. For less than a few hundred bucks, you're going to make a bunch of connections who will all think your company is really interesting, if not flat out amazing. Oh, and stickers. For no money at all, it seems, you can print up hundreds of stickers of your tagline or your hashtag and use them as rewards for people who make a video, who are cheerleaders on social media, who complete their profile, or really just your support system. Let them put that sticker on their computer or their office window and let them show off their support for pennies. Next section, building brand ambassadors. Now, there's all sorts of great thinking about brand ambassadors, but here's my kind of good ideas to kind of get you moving. First off, there's an army waiting for you if you know where to look and know how to unlock it. And the best part is they all work at your company. First, teach all your new hires that the expectation is that they share social media content that you and the recruiters put out, right? Make sure to do this after the lawyers have attempted to scare the crap out of them with their compliance and privileged privileged content presentation, like during onboarding. Yeah, you have to do this after that. Otherwise, all of your work will be completely wiped off the board. Just review your talking points with legal, make sure that, you know, they know what you're about to say and that you're not saying anything that's going to get anybody in trouble and turn this whole, you know, this is how you get fired and this is how you get sued kind of onboarding, that legal part, into something real productive and engaging. Two, identify cheerleaders at your company and ask them to share their own content, photos, animated gifts, awards, uh, notes, quotes from the office, right? Things that align to your social media guidelines, Make a look list of those cheerleaders' social media accounts and share them with recruiters to amplify those posts. Don't know who your cheerleaders are? Yeah, they're the ones that you've helped recently. They should be pretty easy to reach out to. Three, ask people to post Glassdoor reviews at the right time. If you can embed some sort of congrats on your new promotion, now would you like to leave a review email into your HRIS system, that would be great. Or when they hit a 90-day mark or when they hit a, you know a service anniversary, That's an easy one. They're feeling good about the company because they've been there for a while or they just got promoted. This is when you hit them up, not right after bad news or right after they don't get a promotion. Four, engage your employee resource groups. Go make some friends. Because it turns out that there are lots of people who are better connected to audiences you don't know how to connect with or are not really primed to succeed with, right? If you want to attract more black applicants to your company, It's going to be a lot easier if you, one, talk to black people in the black ERG, engage with them, learn about their stories, learn about what they think is useful to share out with those networks, and then get them to help you network. You build a story specifically for them and ask them to help you amplify it. So it's not just, quote-unquote, a diversity story, but truly an employer brand story. Do that with all your ERGs, and you're in a great spot. Five, draw a line across your org chart where everybody above the line will be given a special code to hand amazing people they meet to act as like a, a kind of golden ticket. And move those people directly to a recruiter for white glove service instead of just having their resume sit, right? Let the VP of whatever be able to see someone at a conference or someone they engage with who they see real powerful potential and just say, look, I don't want to just make you a referral, but I want to give you a way of cutting the line and talking directly to a recruiter. The assumption is that people above that line, whatever that line might be, they understand the business and the culture and is vouching for this person as being a really interesting fit. That really shortcuts the process and also embeds this idea that hiring is everyone's business. Six, shirts. right? Encourage all staff to wear their shirts in the wild. Answer people's questions about what it's like to work there. Bonus points for, for situations where a lot of staff are going to be in one spot and put them, give them all a shirt. If they're all, you know, you depending on the company, you may have a local fun run that you're sponsoring or maybe you've got 20 or 30 staff deciding to do a run together. Pay for their shirts. Give them shirts. It's super low cost but it has a real big impact when you, you just a, a, a crowd of people with your shirt wander by and people are like, what? I didn't. I don't know about that company. I'm going to go learn about them. It's a big impact. Next section, engage with marketing. See how they can help. Now, as a marketer myself, I sometimes assume... I can do it all on my own, and that's never the smart play. You can and should work together to get your message out there. First, don't assume that anyone in marketing is going to talk to you until you've established your employer brand work as existing within their brand architecture. Don't go stepping on their toes, right? Don't go assuming you know better than they do. You have to work within their world. Second, don't ask anybody in marketing to stop at what they're doing to promote your message they've got day jobs, they've got KPIs, and usually they're really well-expressed KPIs, and they know what they are and how to get to them. They are not going to drop what they're doing to help you. Third, never ask them to share your jobs. That's 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 not how that works. In no way will that help them achieve their goals, sharing your jobs out with their networks. But You can focus instead on telling interesting stories about the people who work there. The kind of work they do, how engaged they are, why they choose to work there, all that stuff. It's a way of kind of saying you can really be the owner, if owner is the right word, of the human side of the brand. If you're selling widgets, you're the person who knows who's making the widgets, why they make the widgets, why they show up. And there's a whole area that your consumer marketing team may not be engaging with that you can bring to the table. The goal is to find places in between their messages to tap into an audience that you've already built a positive sentiment with. So, so don't ask them to give you commercial slots, but instead ask if you can put the people site or the, you know, the, the job site URL on the tape that seals the consumer boxes. Don't ask them to promote you on social media, but instead ask if you can deliver regular employee stories that support their ideas to, the, to them and let them use it. Let them rewrite it but so long as they see you as a conduit, a resource for talent, pulling these stories out, and bringing them to them, they're gonna engage with you. And down the road, if you play your cards right, you can build strong relationships with marketers who are then gonna be your second set of eyes on your own branding and marketing work. They're gonna help you fine tune your language or provide better graphic support or video support, even be a sounding board for you to bounce your crazy ideas off of, and trust me, Uh, There are people who may be listening to this who know that they are my sounding board. It's invaluable. It's so invaluable for someone just to say, that's a horrible idea. What are you doing? It takes time and trust to get to that stage, but it's very much something you need to aspire to. Can internal comms help? Now, in many companies, comms owns the internal channels. So the biggest help they can provide is give you access and guidance in how to use those channels. Comms tends to be very focused on the what. What someone needs to do, what the new policy is, what's no longer allowed to do, what the campaign is, what the new project is. They are focused on the what. They are focused on the details and the step-by-step instructions to ensure that everyone understands what to do and when they need to do it why cuz their focus is all about precision they don't need to build credibility they speak for the company in many cases they speak for the ceo right when internal comm speaks what they have to say has been approved and vetted by legal and hr and executives so when they say it that's the rule of law now credibility i'm sorry uh, uh, precision is fantastic But that may not be where you live, so just keep an eye on that. They might over-precision your work. But what's interesting is that you are becoming the master of the why, and you are learning the power of the why. So perhaps you can lend some of your skills to comms, not because you're so much smarter than they are, but because you can support their goals by giving them more why. If people know why they should refer applicants, they will. If people know why the company exists and why it makes strategic decisions, people are going to absorb those messages more readily and communicate them out for them. If people feel like everyone around them is working for the same why, they're going to feel more better connected to the business. They're going to feel like they belong. They're going to be more engaged. So help comms communicate the why. Because not only will that help them, you'll be helping yourself. Next What can leadership do? Well, glad you asked. Large swaths of staff will take their cues from leadership. What the executive team talks about is what other people begin to care about. For example, let's say you're trying to increase the number of referrals. Okay, your first thought is probably to add a bonus, and that can help, But if you really want to make a change, you need to focus on changing the culture. You need to make this company feel like a place where everybody makes referrals, where referrals aren't done just for the money, but because that's just how we do things around here. How do you make that culture change? Well. There's a lot of ways you could do it, but you'd be surprised how quickly things happen when the CEO or the CHRO stands up at an all-hands meeting and says, hey, I want to thank Susan, what's her name, for bringing in the most referrals this year. Come on up, Susan, and bring Susan up and shake Susan's hand and says, thanks so much, and says a sentence or two and then sends Susan on her way. That costs you nothing. But let me tell you, that moment tells the entire company this is what gets rewarded. Now it's bonus points if it's not just from the CHRO, but from the COO or the CEO, because it feels more like it's supporting the business and not just supporting recruiting. Executive communications should mention the EVP and it should talk about the brand promise and it should understand the tagline and how to use all that stuff. They should be seen holding the water bottles that you printed with your tagline or put a sticker on. They should be the first to put your posters on their doors. They should be the ones referring people and telling people and to complete their employee profiles, as well as doing their own. And I mean, when I say do complete profiles, I mean, don't just let their executive assistants do it. I mean, really engage with it. Leadership is staff, albeit with a lot more visibility. So you can ask them to play a role in communicating that message, not only where you extend the message, you're teaching the entire company that this is what's expected. And suddenly you're turning the volume up on everything you're doing. Next, what can the new hire do? Now, new hires do not walk in the door ready to become advocates for your brand. Okay, they're probably pretty excited about working there and ready to be engaged with everything this new role brings, but it's going to take them a while to get their bearing and to to match the tone and the demeanor of the staff and the the culture. And honestly, if the morale is a little low, new staff will quickly be taught to lower their morale to match. That's sadly usually how it goes. That is unless you intervene. New hires are your chance to establish expectations moving forward, and they can be the seeds that begin to shift how all the staff see themselves. It's a lot easier to get someone who doesn't have years of existing emotional scar tissue to engage with the brand and tell those stories that you want them to tell. Don't let the fact that new hires don't know a lot about the company dissuade you. Remember that a culture is a sense of people like us do things like this. So explain to the hires, hey, People who work at this company do things like review us on review sites and share social posts and tell stories and refer other people and talk about their why. That tends to inject new ideas into the culture as an effective means of turning the culture around, albeit very slowly, very, very, very slowly. Last section, everything in the right place. Go ask your training team and they will confirm. If you teach someone a skill but don't make them immediately practice that skill, they will not have learned a thing. A well-launched referral program, really good ones, will be forgotten by 98% of all the staff before they get back to their desks. Why? Because most referral programs are launched like this. Hey, we have a referral program. Here's a bonus, here's a pile of money. We want everybody to refer people, and that's it. They don't say what role, they don't say who they're looking for, they don't say what kind of skills or what kind of traits they should have. It's just pretty broad, hey, we need referrals. And because no one understands what they're supposed to do, and let's be fair, they probably didn't talk about how you make the referral, it falls straight out of their heads. And if I ask you to refer someone for something, and I'm not specific, what am I asking for? A really vague request like that is so easy to forget, right? There's no hook for them to engage with it. It just falls out of their heads. So instead, build a successful referral program by starting at that moment of need, that is, the moment when the requisition goes live. That's when the recruiter should ask the hiring manager to ask the team to submit a referral for that specific role. And why does that work? Well... For one, data scientists know other data scientists. Nurses know other nurses. If you want to hire a nurse, don't ask everybody, send us nurses. Ask a nurse. In fact, ask that nurse. In fact, get deep. If it's pediatric nurses, they know lots of other pediatric nurses. If you want a new content marketer, you ask your existing content marketers. Ask them to refer someone for a specific role. Again, the power of specificity is really, really clear here. It's not about, hey, we need more content marketers. To do what? Is this SEO work? Is this video work? Is this content creation work? What are we talking about? Vagueness kills referrals. Instead, say this is the role, and they can read the role, and they can envision someone for it, and you ask them, or at least the hiring manager should ask them, you know, their boss, hey, do you know anybody who'd be great for this role? I'd love to hear about it. That's how you turn that needle. So these are not a comprehensive list of all the good things you can do, not by a long shot. Instead, I really just want to kind of get you warmed up and get, you know, things, things thinking, some gears moving, right? So much of our work has to be done on the fly, on the cheap, <laughs> on the down low. A lot of this stuff, it feels like we're building gorilla, you know, b- building gorilla movements, and we are. We're trying to change companies and how people in those companies see themselves and see each other. That doesn't happen by launching a tool set. It doesn't happen by sticking a page on an intranet. It happens by surrounding people with good thinking and good ideas, and eventually they will feel surrounded by that idea and begin to follow suit. So just think of these as good ideas to get you started. All right, next week we're getting really deep into facing the unknown. We're heading towards the end. Let me take a quick look. This is episode um, 25 of 29. So we're down to the stretch. So I hope you're enjoying this. I hope this has been useful. Thanks as always to RecruitmentMarketing.com for sponsoring. And I will see you next week. Bye.